This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. New episodes released every Tuesday and Friday. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ventime with Connie podcast. I'm your host, Connie. Welcome to a brand new episode. Welcome, new listeners. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. And I hope you stick around more and check out other episodes. And we always release new episodes on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. So please make sure you come back every week. And welcome back, OGs. Thank you so much for your continuous support. I do love and appreciate all of you guys, both new and old listeners. I genuinely, genuinely love you guys. And um, so March is International Women's Month, or is it just Women's Month? And this, um, for the first um, two episodes on this month, I think I've already released two, yeah. And I haven't really shout out to the amazing women. So I was like, you know what? I cannot let this month go by without me shining light to great women that um, inspires me or you know, uh, play a huge part, in, you know, a, a huge role in my life. So happy International Women's Month to all strong and inspiring women listening to me right now and all over the world. Um you guys are strong genuinely you guys are strong i say you guys i'm included as well too of course we women we are strong and please keep doing what you're doing just know that god loves you and the joy of the lord is your strength so um for the remainder of this month i'll be shining light um to you know three women that inspires me a lot because I think I have three episodes for this month. So we're starting from from this episode that you're listening to right now. So the first woman that I'll be shouting out to, um, shouting out to would be Pastor Major Kensley Okonkwo. Um, if you have been listening to me for a while now, you should know um, that I love this lady. Well, should you know? Yeah, because I did a series um, called the Virtuous Woman series um, this past year and during december time so um it was based on her book um secrets of a virtuous woman kayo women you know so um kayo the secrets of the virtuous woman so um it she wrote that book and um why i reviewed that book because the woman she inspired me a lot so she's a wife and a mother of three adorable children Apart from being a mother of uh, three adorable children, she is also a mother to so many people, including me. I thank God for directing me to her. I have never met met a pastor's wife that is so real and genuine like her. Like, you know how we know pastor's wife are always like, ooh, you know, perfect. Everything is. They say the perfect words. The everything is just perfect. They, you know, and and when you look at it, it was like, oh my God, this is. I cannot relate to this woman. She's just so perfect. But there's nothing wrong with being perfect. But you know that no human being is perfect now. So um, I just love how real and genuine she is. I was able to relate with her. And when she teach, you know, us young women, 
see she teach from she also share her experience she never come as come off as oh she's like above everyone she always tell us her struggles how we can learn from it so she do this she do this live stream on facebook and instagram called um praying with um pm um i just love how she loved the word of god and how she breaks it down in fact she even influenced me to love um or, and also enjoy reading the bible for myself you know and i don't know if you guys have joined her live stream the way she talk about the bible and she, when she's telling the story, one of the stories in the Bible, the way she just tells it, it's like, oh my God, you would think she were there when they wrote that Bible, when that event happened. It's so funny. And I love her for that. So she plays a pivotal role in my in my work in with Christ. And I thank God for her life and all she do for the kingdom of God. So please, guys, follow her on her Instagram. It's at um, Pastor Majored. And um, to get updates on what she's up to. And also join her live stream that I just talked about. Also, subscribe to her YouTube channel, Majored Kinsley Okonkwo. Meanwhile, her husband's name is Pastor Kinsley Okonkwo. If you are single or married, you should definitely check out his videos on YouTube. Um, I think he had this, um, what I call the organization called... Um, love dating and marriage and um she, he talks about everything uh about love finding the right one even marriage like she breaks he breaks it down like oh my gosh and that he was actually the first pastor kinsey is actually the first person that i met um uh i saw on youtube before i even before i knew his wife um um Pastor M. So um he 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 you can tell he was gifted when it comes to talking about marriage in the biblical view, you know, so he have helped us a lot also. And if you're single, you should definitely go check him out. You should. Okay. Okay. Thank you, mama. I love you so much. And you and, um, happy international women's month to you. Okay, guys, this episode is dedicated to everyone that might have lost a loved one and feeling defeated right now because you do not know how to continue living life without your loved one. Firstly, I pray that God, uh, I pray the Lord will fill your heart with love, peace, and joy. And I pray God strengthen you and your family at this trying time. Also, I pray this episode be a blessing to you and give you back hope, especially knowing that our knowing that our guest today has been through similar experience. And the same and the same God that brought her out of the dark place um into light would do the same and even more to you. With that being said, um make sure you continue listening and we'll be back right after this. Keep on Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in our guest today. Our guest today was born a survivor. She's a mother, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. God gifted her to heal and care for the brokenhearted. She loves seeing the good in others. After losing her son, she started back writing in a journal and writing poetry. She found so much peace. This became her therapy to healing and keeping her peace. She has always loved writing since she was a young teenager. So she decided to write a book about her son's death and struggles with dealing with his death. She started 
then stopped because of all the discouragement from others. But God kept talking to her and she tried to avoid his voice. She whispered in her ear, my dear child, it is so it is so many of you out in the world and they need your light and love. When her cousin and strangers told her how much they admired her strength and asked her how do she stay so strong, her answer would always be, God, he's my strength and my willpower. Without him, there would be, there would be no me. Our guest dedicated her life to the Lord at a young age, but didn't understand what it meant until she got older. She has been through so many from an abusive relationship that nearly killed her emotionally and spiritually to a cheating drug dealer. Her parents instilled in her the love of God and that has and that has gotten her through all of her trials and tribulations. Today she can look into the mirror and honestly say, "I love the woman staring back at me." Our guest mission is to help build other women up and grow themselves into the beautiful queens God intended them to be. She will continue to write inspiring stories, novels to give encouragement to other women. She has a Facebook group called Queens Uplifting Queens. Also, she's in the process of creating a nonprofit organization called She Lives. Her organization will be available to help women rebuild their lives, offering counseling, job training, and financial support and services. We will aim at women who has and are in abusive relationship, human traffic victims, and runaways. Her prayers are to open up a facility in St. Louis and DFW area in Texas. She's also trying to build a legacy for her grandbabies. But most of all, she's trying to honor God by answering to her callings. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Her name is Shantae Harris. Hello, Miss Shantae. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm wonderful. How are you doing today? I am doing good. Oh my gosh, Miss Shantae, when I read your book, I must commend you how inspiring how great it is and uh, anyone that will read it will, will, will fill your heart through it you know we know that you wrote this with your heart and your soul everything was in that book so I want to commend you it was such a great book thank you I'm glad you enjoyed it but it was just for um personal healing yes thank you yes was that your first book that was actually my first book I wrote I wrote and published um, I am working on several other books, but I've done poetry for a long time. I have a lot of poetry stored away, but that was my first time actually just diving in and like, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and write this book because I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, the crime here is very high, wow. and it's a lot of black-on-black crime, yes. and my son was murdered, um, and then the guy who murdered my son, he claimed he didn't know my son. I did go to his court here and. His trial, unfortunately, mm -hmm. he pleaded guilty and we didn't have to go to trial, but it's just so much unnecessary killing her. Lately, they've been yes. killing women and children. And it's like that it needs to stop because a pain, the pain of losing a loved one, it's not easy on us at all. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's a child, mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, it's not a good feeling at all. But when you lose your child, we are programmed to think that 
we're supposed to bury our children. I mean, sorry, our children are supposed to bury us. We're not supposed to bury our children. So as a parent, it makes it a little harder to digest it. And that was my biggest thing, digesting that I had to bury my son. I, I, you know, we don't see what's going to happen because it's, it's unseen, it's unknown. It's not for us to understand. It's God's will. Yes. And I get that now. But at first, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand, like, why would God do this to me? Why would he take my son away from me? But as I prayed and as I connected with God, I saw the will of the Lord and I saw it was a purpose behind me losing my son. And I decided to turn my pain into my purpose. Yes. And um, um, I totally understand when you said that um, um, it was hard for you to um, put this because it's hard for anybody to bury a child. Like we all have been conditioned to always think that way. The parents, um, the children buried the parents, not the other way around. So yes. I, I can't even begin to imagine how you felt going through this whole um, journey about um, in regards to losing your son. So um, I'm going back to your book. Um, at the beginning of your book, um, when I was reading it, I loved the way you 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 gave other mothers um, a, a chance or a space in your book to share their experience with losing their, it could be their son or their daughter. And when I was reading, I was like, wow, that is so, that was such a selfless act. So why is it important for you to put those mother's stories in the beginning page? Is there any reason behind it? Yes, because I did. I wanted to just experience all these young ladies have a, hold a special place in my heart. And Unfortunately, they, they're all here in St. Louis with me and they always experience losing a child. The first young lady who's in here, Tabitha Smith, that is a longtime friend of mine. We were, have been friends since we were in um, middle school, high school, I believe. And um, she lost her son July the 7th, 1987. She lost her child. And um, to gun violence, Ashley also, she lost her child to gun violence. And it was sad because it's, this just happened in 2019. And I was like, when she connected with me, I didn't know at the time when she connected with me that she had lost her son. I didn't know. And then she's like, Shante, I've been looking for you. I've been looking for you. And she, you know, she's like, and you don't understand what I'm going through. And I was like, what you going through, Tabitha? And that's what she told me. She said, I read your um, profile and I saw um, that you lost your son. And I said, yes, I did. I lost my son back in 2016. She was like, oh my gosh. She said, you know, I lost my son in 2019. I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yes, to gun balance on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And he was leaving a, a gathering and he got shot in a crossfire. Wow. And the other young lady, Miss Janice, that is my oldest grandson of the grandmother. She just recently lost her daughter in a car accident. And that just happened in um, 2020 of August so that was fresh and yes. I was already in the process of writing my book so I had already just told her I wanted to put it in and dedicate it to her also mm. and um then the other young lady Michelle that is my sister I actually lost my niece when she was only 19 in a car accident mm. wow. so my sister Michelle it was um that happened a long time ago so I just decided I wanted to put more but the other young ladies they didn't 
they didn't get to me and they did speak to me and it was kind of hard for them to write anything about their sons. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do it. Like my cousin Robin, she wanted to do it, but she she couldn't find herself to to write about her son. And I, and I understand that it's not easy for all of us to sit down and write a bio about our deceased child. Yes, yes, it's uh, not. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not easy. It's like revisiting, um, or it's like an opening old saw, old wounds, you know. Yes. And yes. not not everyone wants to do that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that that's great. Um, in your book, um, you wrote, and I quote, "That's like the acknowledgement." You said, "I would like to first give all praise to my God for giving me this vision to write this book and making it possible." So can you talk yes. about the vision God gave to you um, to write this book and what was the encounter like? Yes, ma'am. Well, to go back to the night I lost my son, I was actually sitting on the floor talking to my daughter who's been a runaway since she was 14, 15 years old. And I was actually having this conversa- a conversation with her and telling her that I didn't want to lose her. And I didn't want to have to bury her because of the lifestyle she was losing. Never thinking that when my son walked out my sister's door, because I was living in Texas at the time I lost my son. I was home visiting because my mom had to have a major surgery. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think sitting there talking to my daughter that when my son left, leave out, that that was going to be the last time I saw him. Mm-hmm. So in the process of all of that, going back home to Texas where I was living at the time, God had been talking to me but once again I expressed in my book I was not listening to anything that God had to say to me okay mm-hmm. I wasn't listening because it's like at the time it's just like it was anger and, and at first I thought it was a it was an issue with being angry with God but as time went by reading different verses and talking to counseling and talking to pastors and understanding that it's okay to be angry because you need to get angry in order for you to find your peace yes. so once I grabbed that and I started paying more attention to God and listening to him, God started showing me pieces of my future. And I was told in 1999 that um, I was going to go through a whole lot. Hmm. And at, the, at that time, I was in an abusive relationship. And that pastor told me, you have not begun to go through the rest of the things you have to encounter in your life. Mm-hmm. Everything that you're going to go through is going to prepare you to minister to other women. So in 1999, I was only 29. Mm-hmm. I knew God. I knew him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know him. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what so, you're saying. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you have the head knowledge of him, but yeah. But I didn't know him. Yes. So I was just like, like, yeah, okay, whatever. Me, minister women, me help other women. I didn't understand that in the course of my life, when I look back now, the different situations that I was in, the trials and the tribulation that I went through has brought me up to the woman I am. So all the times when I was like seeing myself coaching other women, I was just like seeing myself talking to friends. When I lost my son and I went back to Texas, I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I was crying and I was praying out to God, asking him, why would you do this to me? Like, what, what, what do you want me to do, God? And the moment when I said, God, what do you want me to do? Why did you do this? What is the reason for this? What is the purpose for this? And that's when he told me, 
you're going to write a book. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he kept saying, you're going to write this book. He said, you're going to write many books. My gift is writing. My gifts are words. Mm. I can express myself better through writing than I can. At first, I couldn't express myself through speaking. My communication was awful. I hold everything in. I let it build up and then I blow up. (laughs) And I tell it's the worst thing. Let it build up and you blow up. Yeah. So that was my way. And when God kept telling me to do this and I started writing, I stopped. And then I've learned now when I have a vision or when I have something I'm doing, I've learned to just move in silence because you can't tell everyone. Because the minute you tell someone, all it takes a couple people to be like, girl, please. That's true. You, you, what? And that's what happened to me. Girl, don't nobody want to hear about you losing your son. That one person saying that to me discouraged me so much to where I put down my pencil and paper on writing my book and stopped. Wow. When I moved back home in 2018 because my brother was in a bad car accident and I came back home with family because my daughter had lost two of her children in, in the system. So I came on back home. And the moment I got back home, I had to really deal with my son's death. Because see, living in Texas, I dealt with it, but I didn't deal with it. When I came back home to St. Louis, reality hit like, you have to deal with this. You haven't healed. And that's when I realized I haven't healed. That's when I started crying. I started being very emotional. All of emotions came back. All of that hurt came back. That wound was not closed like I mm. thought it was. And it'll never feel fully closed, but it wasn't closed. Yeah. I then again, I started praying like, God, I need you because I need to I need my peace. I mm. thought when I went to the trial and they convicted him, he apologized to me. I forgave him because that's the godly thing to do to release myself. I don't want them change around my ankle. God, what do you want me to do? Write your book. It's not only going to help others, but it's going to help you. And Miss Connie, when I sat down and I started writing my book and I poured everything out, how I was feeling. And the more and more I wrote, the more and more I felt my peace. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Every time I picked up and I had to stop because I cried and it hurted me. Mm-hmm. But the more and more, I, the more and more I wrote this book, the more and more power I got, the more and more I started feeling like God is filling me with something. And he's filling me with something I may not be ready for, but I need to get ready for it. Hmm. And when I completed this book, I had a whole different aspect on life. I knew then that I can conquer just about anything that's put before me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that losing my son, it hurted me, but it was also a blessing for others. Because through my story, through my pain, through my journey that I share would help other women, men, anyone who lost a loved one. Even if you're going through any type of trauma, you feel like you can't get past. I feel that my book can let you see that through your pain and your journey, you can find your peace. You can find your peace. Yes, most definitely. Wow. Um, in the In the first chapter, you begin by telling your story. Um, um, let me go ahead and read the part that actually touched me the most because all of them are all touching. Um, you mm-hmm. said um, January 23rd, 2016, um, 1.46 a.m. I received a call, one that broke me and one that I would never forget. 
that was the day they told me that my son was gone. And I felt like my heart had stopped beating. I thought to myself that God would not do that to me. How can that be? He had only two weeks left to be in 24. 24. Tears rolled down my face as I was able to manage to get the words out of my mouth. How? Oh my gosh. Just reading this alone will make anyone's heart like sank to their stomach because it's such a horrifying and shocking experience. And I can't even imagine that you um, went through this. But um, I don't know if you don't mind, do you mind sharing your story of how you lost your son? Like it could be a brief version of it. Yes, yes ma'am. It was uh, approximately 1.46 a.m. Like I said, I was visiting from um, Texas back home. So I was at my sister's house and um, we actually had just unwind and um, everybody had left and I took a shower was in a bed and briefly had just closed my eyes I don't think my eyes had been closed for no more than probably 30 40 minutes mm-hmm. and my phone rang and I answered the phone other than the phone and unfortunately it was my my son's um, girlfriend Tina and unfortunately she's no longer with us um and mm. she called and she was crying and she was mama mama Nate gone he's gone and I'm like you know, Tina, what do you mean he's gone? She's like, he's been shot. And I'm like, he's been shot. I'm like, where are you guys at? And she told me where they was at, at a store over here on the north, north side of St. Louis, which is not a very good net part of the neighborhood. But I was like, okay. So I, I jumped up out of the bed and then his best friend called me. And his best friend was like, mom, he was like, Titi, auntie, Nate is gone. He's gone. And I said, I guess he's gone. I said, I know Tina just called me, said, Titi, get down here. And I'm like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So I called my best friend, Keisha, because she actually had dropped my son off. She was the last person to see him. So I said, Keisha, where did you drop Nate off? And she explained to me where she dropped him off at. And she's like, what's wrong, friend? And I said, um, I said, Nate's gone. They said he's been shot. She's like, friend, shot where? And I told her. And she was like, I'm close. I was like, could you please just, could you please just get there? Please get there. And she's like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And I was like, okay. So me and my sister, I call my brothers and my sisters, and I call my other family members, and they told me, they was like, okay, we're going to meet you down there. So we all got down there to the storefront, and once we got down there, yellow tape, and I saw the yellow tape, in my heart, I knew that that wasn't good, mm-hmm. seeing the yellow tape. I already knew. Anytime you see the yellow tape, yeah, it's not- we know that it's not good. Mm-hmm. So we waited out there and I ran up there to the storefront and I asked him, can I go in? Because my son was not even shot. The police officer told me to just please wait till the detectives come out and talk to me. So when the detectives walked over, he asked for me and I walked over to him and um, they said that uh, we're sorry. And as soon as they said it, they were sorry I did. I broke down and it was like, we need someone to come in and ID this body. So my brother-in-law Kenny and my little brother Christopher, they went in and when they came back out, my brother-in-law Kenny is a paramedic. So my sister was like, don't go in, let him go in because you know that was his nephew, but it's something that he's used to, you know. Yeah. He's built for. And um when Kenny came back out and when I saw my my brother-in-law crying that hard, that's when I knew like, you know, this is this is real. This makes me cry every time I talk about it. I'm sorry. But he was mm-hmm. like, this is real. This, this is real. You know, he, he's like, Nate is gone. So he was shot inside the store 
six times. Wow. And Connie, every time I close my eyes, sometimes I can just imagine my baby seeing this guy who said the story was told. He approached my son, asked my son, what was he looking at? And my son said, man, and I don't even know you all have a problem with you. And he just kept picking at my son. And my son was like, man, I don't have a problem with you. So my son asked the guy who was cooking some food for him, can you please hurry up so I can just get out of here? Mm-hmm. So the, the cook said, you know, he knew my son. He was like, all right, Nate, I got you. So he went out to his car, got his gun, came back in the store, shot my son six times. Wow. My son was shot in a chest. A bullet went through his eye and came out the back of his, over by his oh ear. Oh, my gosh. Bullet went through his hand, went through his shoulder. So I'm saying it was like six times. And I just, I just know my son, the type of guy he was that, um, the one guy in the store said that my son asked him like, man, what are you doing? And that was the last words I know that my son said, just man, what are you doing? And those words stick to me sometimes, like, you know, he probably was like, what are you doing? Because, you know, like, why? Yeah. And it was, and it was like, with that store, it's like, a, you know, I couldn't do anything because, you know, you, you know, I'm a single mom. I'm not rich. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> by God's but, grace, you will. By God's grace, I will be. But at the time, it's like you don't have the, the money, you don't have the resources, you have people that are afraid to go up against other people. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, why Black communities are the way that they are with all this killing is because we have people afraid to talk and people afraid to take a stand. Because other people, people who have money and put these stores and different things in our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. we, we are afraid to speak up. Because they have power. They have more power. I'm sorry, but when you have money, you have power. Yes. You do. But when you have God, hmm. you have all the power. Yes. And so my voice will continue to speak. God will find a way. And when I did get an attorney, I got a lawyer and I tried to sue the store for wrongful death. The lawyer I had, he was all into it. And all of a sudden, I get an email from him telling me that he could no longer represent me. Wow. And unfortunately, his legal, his legal, paralegal, she called me. She was a nice lady. And she explained to me and told me, she said, Shantae, I'm sorry, but you wouldn't understand. And I told her, I understand. I perfectly understand. Mm-hmm. I said, it's okay. I said, because it may not happen now two years, three years, four years, five years, six, seven, eight. It may not happen right away, mm-hmm. but God gonna see fit that that store be closed down. It will happen one day because not only was my son murdered up in that store, but it was another lady out there protesting that her nephew was killed mm-hmm. inside that store. Wow. So it's like, this is what we have to go through and what we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I, all I can do is... Um, do my part. Mm-hmm. I say that um, I'm a little person with a big mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going to keep quiet. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to, if someone asks me to speak on, I'm going to speak on and I'm going to speak the truth that that Nor- Northway store, 
on north side of St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. needs to be closed down. Yeah. And it's a lot of places here. It's a lot. Of, I'm sure all over the world you see all of these non just it's just it's just hurt my heart. It's so many young men dying at the hand of another black man, so many young black men dying at the hand of the police. It's sad. It's the world we live in. And it's only because I tell everybody we took God out of schools. Hmm. We took God out of the places where we need him most. Even in the churches, I'm still trying to find a church home now because I feel like we can read the Bible over and over again. And I tell everybody that I don't sit down and I don't know. I know the Bible, but I don't know the Bible as well as others because I truly believe this. God dwells within our heart and he talks to us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are afraid to speak the truth. We only only speak so many parts of the Bible. It's yes. a lot going on in there that's going on today. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to touch the books of revolutions to see yes. that what's going on right now in the world is what was going on in revolution. It's nothing new. It's nothing new to God. Nope. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Everybody be like, God is so angry with the world. He did. God already knew what he was doing when he created this world. Yes. Don't you think back then is we didn't have video cameras to tape everything. All of this been going on. It's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Don't you think God expect for us to do different? It's handle these situations different, but mm-hmm. we don't know how. Yes, that is so true. And uh, we can talk about that uh, with this generation, the book of Revelation, because I'm actually studying it with a group of people. And um, mm-hmm. I encourage all Christians to read that because it will explain a lot of things to you, give you a lot of clarity. And it's going to be a wake-up call. You realize all these things are not new to God. It was already been said that it was going to happen. And I yes. pray everyone that's listening to me, right now or listening to us hopefully you're giving your life to christ because that's the only way out man because this word yes. is nothing it's perishing each day it's getting worse as the generation goes by so um yes. we can talk more about that one but um i want to actually ask you this um because i know um this past in past january i lost my supervisor and when we went to the funerary and i was coming back when it was all over when i was coming back and driving back home i was like wow like now reality will kick in like when everybody goes home the family that he's left with that she's left that you know, there's left here, the, the family of the disease. That's when they will start feeling the real pain. And when I was reading your book too, um, I think you kind of explained that in your book, you mentioned that, that the death of your son hit you hard when the funeral was over, like when the whole, everybody coming, how are you and all those things. And when everything was just basically when the dust settled, what what are some emotions or thoughts that you have to deal with during that season in your life? And um, yeah, share with us because I'm sure there's a lot of people that is going through it right now. Yes, that's what I mean. Yes, ma'am. When everything's over and everybody's gone and it's just you, yourself and I, hmm. nobody's there with you. Eventually, you'll get all the phone calls. Hey, 
how you doing? You okay? Well, let's say I'm praying for you. You'll get all those phone calls. I'll say probably the first, I'll say honestly, the first couple of months, three months. Mm -hmm. And eventually all that is seized. Mm. And once you realize you're to the point, you'll actually feel like I am alone. I'm by myself. That's what you would think. Like I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I'm all by myself. There's no one here with me. And you will feel that. And Connie, I'm going to be honest with you. That was the worst feeling of being alone in my life. I know. Because I really felt like didn't nobody understand my pain. Nobody understand me. And the things that people would say, oh, hmm. Jesus. <laughs> when I was told that you'll get over it, hmm. that made me really click. And, you know, and that individual saw a side of me that they never saw before because I clicked and really said that. Don't you ever in your life say anything like that to me? I did say a curse word. I'm not going to tell a lie to you. <laughs> I, said, I understand. I said, <laughs> I said, because you're acting like I'm going to get over a cold or a flu. I know. I probably never get over losing my son. Mm-hmm. But one thing for sure, I'm going to be okay. Yes. Then I was told that just because you lost your son, don't give you a reason act the way you acting. And I'm all like, acting, this is totally not an act. Mm-mm. This is reality kicking in. And I really don't know what to do because I don't know which way to go. It's like I'm coming and going. It's like my head is cut off. And it's like I had so many out-of-body experiences. Like as far as like I'm sitting there at work and I'm sitting there, but am I here? Hmm. You know? So me to tell someone who's lost a loved one, any loved one, you're going to go through that, that, that season of loneliness. You're going to feel like you're all by yourself because I had to learn this the hard way. You can't expect other people to stop their lives because they're not. Because as human beings, we are selfish. We are all selfish. Yes. We are selfish. And you can't expect other people to be you. And that's my biggest thing because I always was expecting other people to be a me. Hmm. Because I reach out to so many women. I am connected with so many different women that it's, I still find time to where when they cross my mind, I reach out to them. I text, call, inbox. But that's me because that's how God built me. So when you find yourself all alone, you open up your Bible or you open up your mouth and you call out to God because God will comfort you God will wrap his arms around you God will make you feel like you're not alone that's when I found my connection with God more than anything because in that season of loneliness it got lonely and as many people were around me I still felt like I was by myself I got to the point Connie that I, I wouldn't even talk about my son and I wouldn't say much because I felt like you know people would get uneasy and feeling like oh here she go again you know oh mm. she's sad so I'll smile and you know faking it to make it mm. because I just wanted to be around people so I want to I don't want to be sad I know. but that That's... was wrong I shouldn't have done it yeah 
I can't believe people make you feel that way. Like, um, they shouldn't even utter such words. Like, why are you acting like, um, you, you know, saying those mean things to you? Because nobody can ever understand that. Even if you have gone through it, everyone's experience are different. You know, I don't think they have such right to utter such terrible words to you. But I, I don't know. I can't even begin to imagine what you went through, that you have to fake it that you're okay that's just ridiculous but yes because people are inconsiderate and selfish and then some people to be honest I just realized that just some people really don't know what to say but my thing is that it was always told the old folks used to say all the time if you don't got nothing nice to say don't say nothing at all yes mm-hmm. so that's why sometimes if I can't I'll be honest I if you was like Shantae what should I do I'll tell you kind of you know what mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what to say to you, but what I am going to do is listen to you and we can pray together, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. That's what we need more, but people don't do that. People say things and then they think about what they've said yeah. and, you know, words, words cut deeper mm-hmm. than, than a hit. Sometimes I would rather for you to slap me in my face than say some words that can come out of our mouth. Hmm. They tell you the power is in the the power is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. The power mm-hmm. is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. Your tongue cut like a sword. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I thank God that He's bringing me to my purpose. I'm gonna gonna be a life coach. I'm going to study and get my certification. Um, I listen. I listen to everybody. I find myself just, you know, first Facebook used to be like, you know, I'm going on her, you know, I ain't gonna lie. It was just like everybody else just being nosy. <laughs> now, <laughs> Facebook is my resource because the outside world, world for the most is closed. So that's my resource. So I befriended powerful women that I listen to, that I've connected with, that that show me I have Miss um, Cassandra. Um, she's become my mentor, Mm-hmm. pastor my friend now she's my sister and when I say she just on point to where when God speak to her from the day one when this when Miss, when Cassandra saw me um doing an interview with Arthur she saw me and she's like she um put in the comments I need to talk to you mm-hmm. I need to talk to you and from the day we connected when I did the interview with her she was like girl have you did this? I said, no, my first interview was with Arthur and the second one with you. Now the third one is you with you, Miss Connie. And <laughs> she, said, she said, it's like you've been doing this. I said, do it. She said, girl, you better come on out. You better come on. Mm-hmm. And when I say that Cassandra has been the light right now, mm-hmm. when I say she pour into me and she be like, girl, we gonna get you out of this shell. You come on. When I say she didn't read that, we told me like your emotions, the first thing, which my sister Lachey did tell me a long time ago, your emotion is the first thing you have to get under control because yes. I'm, such a, I'm such a loving person Aww. and I have such a big heart by my heart being so big. I get hurt a lot because I feel like, why are they doing this to me? Like, why this person don't like me? And why this person not talking to me? And right now I'm dealing with an individual in my life who I love with all my heart and close to me. And I don't want to say any name or anything, but. I feel that way and I've been feeling that way about this person since we were kids. And I feel like like they don't love me and they don't like me, but I love them with all my heart and I've been trying to figure it out. 
And my little sister was like, hey, look, you doing your part. You know how you feel. Let it go and let God deal with it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I have to. It hurt me because I'm trying to figure out. Stop figuring it out. You can't. When, when you realize that you're when you're the person that you are, and even if you're trying to be there, like if Miss Connie, if you have a person that have lost somebody or going through trauma, doing something, you don't reach out and you're trying to be there for that person. They keep on blocking you. Mm. You don't stop that that situation. You don't stop. You keep going at them because eventually they're going to see that you care about them mm. and they're going to open up to you. But on the other hand, if you have somebody who, you know, family, friend, or whomever that you know you love, and you know you haven't done anything to, and they just for some reason, they just have an issue with you. Mm-hmm. That person you give to God and you leave yes. them alone. Yeah, I had to learn how to separate that. That you give to God. But a person who's crying out but want to put a wall up, you keep going at them because they need somebody. And that's where I'm putting my energy at. When someone connect with me and say, hey, look, I admire you. How do you do it? I'm going to go to them and tell them, God, they don't even have to purchase my book. I'm going I'm to send them my book. And I've sent books out. I don't want you to purchase my book. If you hurt me, what's your address? Please send me your full name, your address, and let me send you your book. And when I do send someone a book, I make jewelry. I have my own little jewelry. There's an expressions by Tay Creations. I love making bracelets and I've started making aromatherapy bracelets because when you walk around, you have lavender close to you. Lavender just calms you. <laughs> Everybody know about lavender? It yeah. calms you. Yeah. So I just started making the, um, the aromatherapy bracelet lockets. And then I, now I'm working on the bracelets that's for um, angels, um, guardian angels for anyone who's lost a loved one. So um, everything's connected now, I see. Me making my jury is, is was where I found my peace at. Sitting down and making my jury when I lost my son, that gave me comfort. And it took my mind away from it because I'm sitting here making some beautiful bracelets. Yes. So when you lose a loved one and you need your peace, you find something that gives you comfort. If that's taking a walk, reading a book, watching old movies, knitting, drawing writing whatever it takes that's what you do but my advice to everybody when you lose someone and you're dealing with pain get a journal everybody not a writer it's okay but you're not writing for people you're writing for yourself get a journal I had my cousin Tamika do this because what she was going through you know in her relationship what she was going through I told her to get a journey a journal write down your feelings day to day my cousin we talked a while back and she said you know what I pull up my journey and I read my journey then and where I'm at now she said cousin I done came a long way that's the purpose of writing your journal you will see how God take you on that journey to where you started off at 30 days later you won't be there 60 days later, you won't be there. 90 days later and on and on, you will see. Because when you write down your pain and how you're feeling, you go back and read it. See, you're telling yourself, you know how you feel. But when you're telling yourself how you feel, then you start taking control of, I don't want to keep feeling this way. Mm -hmm. That helped me. 
because I didn't want to keep feeling that way. I know I'm I'm sad. And I know I'm still sad deep down inside for losing my son. But I don't want to be sad every day of my life. That's not what God want me to be. That's not why God put me here. And his why he still got me here for a reason. So writing the journal right now, how you feel, you go back, you read it. It helps you to know, I don't want to keep feeling this way. Tomorrow, I want to feel different. The next day, you're going to progress. And everybody who's listening, if you try this, it works. That's why in the back of my book, I put a journal. Put a 30-day journal in the back of my book because it helps. It works. When you write down how you feel and you read it, reread it, it tells you like, wow, I'm hurting. I'm sad. Maybe I'm bitter. <laughs> I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be this way anymore. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I almost, I, I was going to say that too about you. Um, cause why you, you read the book, you always like give space for your readers to, um, let's say if you share your experience, then you ask them to actually write down their experience, how they felt, you know, when they lost their son or their child, whoever it might be, you know, to write that. So I love that you were giving them it, the book is like a journal and also a novel at the same time, which was really beautiful. I saw that was like, that's really nice. You know, they will go Thank through you. this with you each chapter, chapter by chapter. So that was so beautiful. But um, talking about the jewelry that you mentioned, guys, um, when this episode will be released, which will be on Tuesday, I'm guessing Tuesday, March 16th, um, I will do uh, when I'm posting about the episode, I will have a picture of the one of the jewelry that you made which is so beautiful i wore it to church the other time and a lot of people loved it um then i'll put a picture uh, on facebook so make sure you're following us on facebook um ventime with connie on facebook and also on instagram ventime with connie so you can get to see the picture and um and also go check out her um jewelries but um yeah they are really beautiful jewelry guys i'm not joking but um thank you uh, no problem um um, we were talking about this a lot. I want us to talk about your relationship with God, with our Heavenly Father. So um, yes. just reading your book and hearing you talk, it became apparent to me that um, you are a woman of faith. And most people, when they go through such terrible trauma like yours, they tend to drift away from God, maybe because they felt God abandoned them. So for you, did you did your relationship with God change at all? If so, how did you regain your intimacy with God? Yes, actually, in my book, I did. I did. I did write about that, that I kind of like lost my faith a little bit and I kind of like um was I called myself I said I was ignoring God I heard his voice but I wasn't listening mm-hmm. and um I kind of like I, I I did for a minute I didn't care I, I kind of went through my little phase to where I just I got numb to the fact that you know if, if it was a God I, I went through that if it was a God why would he do this to me but because I was rooted into church at such a young age mm-hmm. and my my mother it's a praying woman of God. And as far as when my mother seeing her faith and she always said, pray about it and leave it alone. And my mom kept us in church and I was baptized at a very young age. And I really didn't know when I was baptized the first time why, but yeah. I got rebaptized um, in my thirties and I knew why then, mm. but um, yes, you as humans, even 
to believers, even the ones with the most high faith as we feel that we have, trauma can take you away from God if you allow it. And that's why I say some people will get lost and some people will turn away. Hmm. I didn't turn away because I knew in my heart because of so many other things that I went through that I knew I had to take a stronghold onto God at that time. But for a minute, I wasn't listening and I didn't go to church. I was trying to, my biggest thing is that I always try to take on everything by myself because I feel like sometimes I do. I be feeling like I'm all alone and I, you know, I used to feel like I didn't have anyone. And, you know, and it comes from different things I've been through in my life that left me feeling like, you know, I was alone most of the time. And, you know, I, I put in there that I've never been around so many people that I love, but yet felt so alone because that's exactly how I felt. But I didn't understand at the time God was, God hit me in my lonely place for a long time because God was trying to talk to me and I just was being hard-headed and not listening. But yes, Connie, I, I did turn away for a minute, but I didn't turn my back. I just turned away. Yes. But the, but the more I yelled out to God and the more I asked God to lead me and help me. And my biggest thing was when I finally called out to God and said, God, I surrender. <laughs> What do you want from me? Why did you take my son away? What is the purpose? What is behind all this? Let me know. Show me. That's when my relationship got stronger with God. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, I'm sure you probably had some Bible verses that like your go-to. So can you share some of them? Um, the Bible verses that help you during this, your journey. Oh, you're going to make me go there. I tell everybody, I don't really... Oh, with yeah. the Bible, but you know what? I'm gonna take that back because each one of these verses in here that I um pick that I do have in here, one that stands out to me, Isaiah 57, I believe. Mm. That is the one that God took him to when he said as far as like when he takes a life, he laid him down. Um, I don't know it by heart. You I'm say sorry. Isaiah what? 57. Okay, let me bring it up. Isaiah 57. I can't bring it up on my phone. Um, I got it in here. Okay. Is it the Uh, whole one? Verse what? Isaiah, I think it's 57. It's the one with um, God talk about and he took, he takes the young, the man he lay him to rest. Hmm. Okay, let me find it. I do have it in here. Because all these verses in here, I told my mentor, Cassandra, that I said, I read the Bible, but every time I close my eyes, God gave me the verse to use. So let me go here. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Because um, it's Isaiah, I can't with that one. Because that was the verse God gave me when I asked God, why did he take my son away? I got it in here because I actually... That's one of the verses I think I use more than once in my book. Hmm. I, find it. Um, I do like Matthew 5, verse 4. Hmm. Matthew 5, I like that verse, verse 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who mourn. Oh, yeah. The Beatitudes, one of them. Okay. Yes, I love that verse. Mm-hmm. Um, here it is. I got it right here for you, okay? Okay. Isaiah 57, 1 to 2. the righteous prayers and no one takes it to heart Hmm. the devote are taken away 
and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spurred from evil. Hmm. Those who walk uprightly enter peace. They find rest as they lie in death. I read that verse every morning. Hmm. Wow. Every morning. Every wow. morning. That's really I good. took that verse as is my son was a righteous young man. He's hmm. a good was a good kid mm-hmm. he turned out to be a great father to his daughter Nakaya mm-hmm. and when I asked God like you know why do you take my son as the thing the righteous is taken away and spurred from evil mm-hmm. the righteous is taken away and spurred from, from evil. evil wow my son was heading down a road a path that he would not have been able to handle mm. wow and God took him. Hmm. <sighs> wow. That was such a powerful verse. And uh, anyone listening that's going through this, um, you can read on that too. Um, you can go to your Bible and highlight some of these verses that um, Mishante mentioned and read it. And I pray that God will comfort you through this time and he will speak to you. That's one thing about him. He speaks to us individually. You know, because yes, he wants to have that personal relationship with us. So, yes, and that's why I wrote this poem that I wrote in the book. Um, a lot of people ask, "Is lost when you lose someone?" Mm-hmm. And um, I can read that. That was another thing that everybody loved my poem. That um, lost is when I lost you. I lost a piece of me. Mm-hmm. I can't even explain how I feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. No one understands the pain I carry inside. I held back tears for so long, all because I couldn't make myself believe that you were gone. Mm. There's not a day that goes by that I thought that a thought of you doesn't cloud my mind. My heart never knew such pain, and Lord knows how much strength I've gained. So my peace means so much to me that nothing else even matters. Mm. I've become numb to life some days, but God steps in and reminds me of who I am. For I know you belong to him and he allowed me to worry you for a short time. Wow. I just wanted to, I just wanted more time with you. It may be selfish of me, but dear God, I am crying out to you. Please breathe life back into me. Wow. That was how, that was how I felt. Like, wow. Hmm. Wow, such a beautiful um, poem. Poem. That's a uh, that's your poem, right? That you wrote. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so um, you met the man that murdered your beloved son. Um, yes. before I ask you, before we talk about that, when I was reading um your book in chapter seven, there's something that kind of um caught my attention that you said. Are you uh, and I read. I felt like no one cares, not the police. Well, let me start from this one. I initially had lost hope in the police finding my son's murder. I had kept calling and reaching out to the detective that was on my son's case until she stopped returning my calls. So I started feeling like every other black mother in America. My son was just another black man dead and gone. I felt like no one cares, not the police, and certainly not people of my own race. 
Everyone is always yelling Black Lives Matter. But the truth is, our lives do not matter to us in our own communities. When I read that, I was like, whoo! <laughs> like, I was like, I could, I didn't know she had to go there, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, okay. That's like a whole new topic on its own. Because um, that was a bit of truth, but it needed to be said and you did talk about this at the beginning of our interview when you know um about how yes no one likes to talk about that yes yes no one wants you to say anything about that no one wanted me to say anything about that but unfortunately I was one of the um the um, black women few black people in this world that all lives matter yes all lives matter and it's not just the police killing us; hmm. it's it's us killing us. Hmm. And um, it's because and they they everybody speak on it. Well, you know, it, white people kill white people, Chinese people kill white Chinese people, Mexican people kill. And you know what? It's true, it is. But we are worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are. And that chapter goes into like you said, it goes into the young man who took my life yes 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 let's talk about that so i wanted to ask you ask you this in your book you describe your encounter with the man that murdered your son you saw him face to face during the court trial you asked to speak to him um that's probably that's like after the judge pronounced his sentence of 25 years we know parole um you did something that was so profound and, and i quote let me go over there hold on he said, I turned and looked um, Charles Napa right in his eyes and asked him if he had any sympathy for what he had done. Charles did look me in my eyes and said he was sorry. I asked him if he really meant it. He said, yes, ma'am, I am sorry. I looked at him and told him that I forgive him, but not for him for my son's sake and for myself because I had to begin my healing somewhere like when I heard that I was like wow um it is um when I was reading it reading that and of course I read when you were talking about your how you reconnected with God and everything so and I'm guessing maybe is it safe for me to say that regaining your faith in God gave you that strength and ability to forgive him yes ma'am I said it was like a, um, it was honestly like a um, out of body experience. It's like I was standing on the outside looking at myself, like I really was. Mm. I was looking at myself like, "Wow, girl, did you just say that?" Um, me and my sister, Lachey, um, she had went to court with me. She was right there with me, and um, like I said, I was living in Texas, so um, the crime victim pulled me in and paid for my hotel room, and my sister stayed down there with me. And um, that day when we got up to go to court that morning, my sister prayed for me, but I prayed for Charles Napper. I prayed that God, you know, touch his heart, God. And I did. I said that I told him. Mm. I hoped each day he sit in prison, he think about what he's done. I didn't go into this in my book because it was more of a personal journal, but his family in court was very unpleasing. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, when he did say he was apologized, he told me he was sorry. His brother yelled out in court, 
F that B, you don't gotta apologize to her. Wow. And that caused confusion with my family. Um, thank God that none of the only guy, man figure in the, that was at the um, court was my kid's father. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law, my brothers, nephews, cousins, they felt like they were not gonna go. They anger, they couldn't do it. And I'm glad they, they wasn't there because it would have got ugly because at one point, when we was yes. waiting to go to trial, they had to separate the families because his family was very rude and inconsiderate and was just, I mean, they, it, I, I, it was like a, a, a lifetime movie to me. Like, like, it just was unreal to see people. Like, I understand that they were, that's their family member too and they love him. But me thinking if I was in the other shoes and my son took someone's life, I could I, I will be so apologetic yeah. I will have sympathy they had no type of sympathy it was just like free him and this I mean it was horrible and it was like wow it was just like wow to where they had to remove they had to separate us and I was like this is really crazy but when I looked at Charles Napper from the man in the on the video the surveillance camera Mm-hmm. To the man I saw sit in the courtroom, he didn't look like the same person. When he said he was on drugs, I believe he was. Yeah. He had been in prison two years before trial, so he was clean. He looked at decent. My heart told me that he was sorry. Mm-hmm. He made a mistake. He's yeah. human. Mm-hmm. Even though the biggest mistake you can make is taking someone else's life. life. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I know this sounds crazy, but it's easier to forgive a stranger than it is to forgive a loved one. And the reason why I say that is because a stranger you look at and you don't know what to expect out of them because you don't know them. Mm -hmm. A loved one you look at and you expect so much out of them Mm -hmm. that it shocks you Mm -hmm. when they do something different. Yes. And when people ask me that, you know, it has been said to me, how can you forgive somebody that murdered your son, but you can't forgive this person? And I had to let them know because I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect out of him. So I can honestly say that all I could go on was the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But when I know you and I love you and I done poured myself into you Mm -hmm. and you hurt me, it's a different kind of pain. Mm. Yes. So it, that's why it's easier to forgive a stranger than it is to forgive a love or someone you love because I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know his walk. I don't know his pain. I don't know what's going on inside of him. I don't know what caused him to do what he did. And it's mm. not for me to figure it out. Mm. I left it to God. Because at one point in the book, I said that each time I tried to come back to St. Louis to visit after I lost my son, I couldn't do it. Because all that ran through my mind at first, that if I saw this man who took my son's life, that I will have, if I had a gun, I will pull that trigger over and over and over again. That was my fleshy thought Mm -hmm. and what my flesh felt. But my spiritual side, no. Mm-mm. let God fight this battle yes 
other mothers don't have and get a chance to experience what I experienced. My friend Tabitha, the murder is still out there. Hmm. I know someone else, a couple other women, the murders are still out there. Hmm. I was blessed that my son's murder was caught. You know, they only gave him 25 years, but for the rest of his life, he have to live with what he did. Yeah. 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 He had to live with his conscience. And I must say, um, that was so brave of you to, um, even forgive him because, um, so for a lot of people that will not come easy especially knowing the hurt that the guy have put you through you know and um and i thank god for giving you that strength to be able to um say even that words even though when you say it you have to take you a while because you have to you know realize oh my god did i just say that okay what does he mean now that i've said that i forgive him so you have to deal with the whole um, emotions that comes from me but just to even open your mouth and say that that was so brave and um, I thank God for your thank life you. yeah thank you no problem. thank you um, so we are coming to the end and I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak to someone listening to you right now and still feeling defeated and alone about losing a loved one do you have any words of encouragement for him or her Yes, if you lost a loved one, please, please, please go through your grief in the stages. Go through it. Do not allow anyone to make you feel like you can't grieve because I did that. It made me bitter. It just made it just made me into someone that that I didn't know any longer. It's okay to be by yourself, but you don't have to be alone. I have my Facebook group for women, Queens Uplifting Queens. You can follow me on Facebook. I am Shante R. Harris. That's S-H-A-U-N-T-E-R Harris, H-A-R-I-S. If you follow me on that, I will connect you. If you inbox me, uh, man, female, if you inbox me, you need for me to talk with you, whatever you need connect with me. My Instagram is Arthur Shante Harris. My website is shanteharris.org. Um, I am trying to make myself available for women, all walks of life, to know that our trauma, our pain, we can overcome it. Death is not easy on any of us. It's, it's a hard thing to process, whether it's a child, parents, sister, brother, whomever it's not easy at all you can't do it alone you can't isolate yourself you can't close yourself off you can feel alone it's it's normal but you have to reach out if you want if you need therapy please get it I had to seek it and I'm actually going again Mm. because we need it Mm. us as the black community we feel that if we go and speak to a therapy or a psychiatrist that oh you crazy you're not crazy Mm-hmm. Mental health is more important as physical health. Mm-hmm. If you don't have great mental health, you would eventually break your body down. Mm-hmm. So I'm available. I'm here. If you need my book, it can be purchased on my website, shanteharris.org. It can also be found on Prime, Amazon, and Kindle. 
I am also with my jewelry. If you need, like I said, my aromatherapy bracelet is just for you to just peace. I'm just, I'm just trying to make myself available. I mean, I can, I can't change everybody's life, but hey, if I can change one life, that means the world, means everything to me. Yes, yes, and you already changing lives already, guys. Um, those that are listening, um, I don't think we have mentioned the title of the book, but the title is "A Mother's Journey of Pain: Losing a Child." So you can purchase it in her website. I would, I, I do have, um, I will link her website on this episode you're listening to, so you can go purchase it. And uh, please, please, I really encourage everyone to do that. If you have lost a loved one this book is definitely for you. Like it will even give you space for you to, like I said before, jot down your experiences, you know, how you're feeling, how you're dealing with it. And I'm sure she also will recommend some tips on how to go through this journey, you know, that you're facing right now. And even if you haven't lost a loved one, I'm sure you have known someone that have lost a loved one. I know sometimes you might not know what to say to them. Um, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to keep calling them, asking them, are you okay? You can just order this book for them and send it to them, you know, um, because they might not have time, you know, they're probably not in that emotional, um, they're not ready emotionally to be going through website buying a book. You can actually be a good neighbor, a good friend, a good um, loved one, and purchase this book for them and send it to them as a gift. They, they will greatly appreciate you for that. So make sure you check out the description of this episode to get the information about Miss um, Shante Harry's um, book and everything about her so you can connect with her because she's willing to help. Definitely. And Miss Shante, thank you so much for even coming to this show and sharing your story because I know it wasn't easy for you to do this and um um because this already been five years right it's been five years you lost your son yes ma'am five years yes ma'am yeah I know it was hard for you to real it's like reopen old wounds and um uh, and I, I was thinking about when I was reading I was like oh my gosh this is a lot I don't know how she was even able to answer some of the questions that I have. <laughs> but uh, I thank God, man, they were able to do that because it was really difficult. Even when I was reading it, it was so difficult. I was like, I can't believe she went through all this and she's still going through it. It's really sad that um, your beloved son has to pass away for a mistake identity or for no reason. Like he didn't do nothing wrong, you know? and i know you know he says the the guy he was on he was intoxicated with whatever with some drugs or something but that's someone's life you know that he took and um and it's it's really sad like and yeah and as a christian we are called to forgive you know and i'm and love everybody and i'm so happy that you were able to do that forgive him um i just hope that while he's in jail or prison that he is right now that he will actually reflect and hopefully seek god seek the face of god in his life to ask god forgiveness because taking someone's life that's a huge deal you know so Yes, and I thank you so much, Ms. Nani, for having me. Um, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. No problem. And I wish you nothing but blessings on top of blessings with your podcast. Amen. Um, I hope it go nationwide. Amen. And I hope God just 
cover you with everything that you need that you that you just be blessing your ministry with your podcast and reaching out there and I just think then and I will actually just like to just connect with you so I can make sure other people know that you're out there and people need to talk about things and you're the great person to do that with so I just wish you nothing but the best Ms. Connie. Thank you so much. And I wish you nothing but the best to God to continuously keep comforting you. Um, Cause I know it's still, I know some days you probably, it will hit you some days, you know, for God to always be there with you. Cause he told us in Hebrews um, five, no Hebrews 13, that he will not leave us or forsake us. Like um, yes. when you're in the hard time, you should always know that the Lord is your helper. There's nothing no one can do to you. So I'll keep putting you in my prayers to forgot to keep strengthening you and comfort you. And thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you check out other episodes. And remember, we release new episodes every Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. You can listen to this podcast anywhere you like to listen to your podcast. And we are available in all platforms. Thank you so much. Remember, God loves you and I love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.